0: Welcome back to our podcast. We are going to start this week on the section that begins um, in the move up to Vanity Fair. Now, last time I talked about that we would go from page 89 to page 130, but we're going to quit at the end of this session on page 113. So the next uh, session we have will be page 114 to 130. We'll finish Vanity Fair. But it was a big section and it has a lot of good stuff in it, so we wanted to split it up into two parts. If you remember also... Christian has just been uh, from the Palace Beautiful. He sees the delectable mountains, and he goes through two big trials, the fight against Apollyon and the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And after he comes out of the Valley of the Shadow of Death, it says on page 89, now as Christian went on his way, he came to a little ascent. He was going uphill, which was cast up on purpose that pilgrims might see before them. Up there, therefore, Christian went. And looking forward, he saw Faithful before him on upon his journey. So Faithful's from his same hometown. So Christian says, you know, stay and I will be your companion. And this part's kind of funny. At that, Faithful looked behind him to whom Christian cried again. Stay, stay till I come up to you. And what does Faithful say to him? So I'm upon my life, and the avenger of blood is behind me. He was focused. He was moving forward. Yeah, he he, he wasn't going to stop and uh, wait for Christian. When he was following Jesus, and he's like, catch up with me. I'm not stopping from that. Right. So what happens is... Uh, There's
1: there urgency in his life.
0: Right. Yeah. The main thing was the main thing. right? So Christian actually runs faster to catch up with him, and it says... Um, at this Christian was somewhat moved, and putting uh, putting to all his strength, he quickly got up with Faithful, and did also overrun him, so the last was first. Mm. But then there's trouble. Mm-hmm. It says uh, then did Christian vaingloriously smile because he had gotten the start of his brother, but not taking good heed to his feet, he suddenly stumbled and fell and could not rise again until a Faithful came up to help him. So if you pass somebody in your Christian walk, I guess don't vaingloriously smile.
1: Yeah, he was feeling he was feeling a uh, little prideful. I guess about his pace.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So the rest of this uh, section, Christian and faithful are going to share some some companionship on the road of faith. Mm. And uh, so what happens is Christian um, begins to ask faithful, well, what has happened since we last knew of each other? Mm. And what's interesting about this is faithful is going to give a similar style testimony to what Christian's been through, but faithful has been through like a different geography. Sure, he's he's encountered different temptations, different obstructions. He sees some of the same landmarks, mm-hmm. but he doesn't even go through some of them the same way that Christian does. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess as we read through this, what's one thing we can remember when two Christians are sharing their their story of how the Lord has saved them? Um, do you have any input on what we can kind of glean from this?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is. This section is a lengthy dialogue section. And this is one of the sections that people sometimes find tedious. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to read Pilgrim's Progress. You, know, you go from a battle scene yeah. to this ongoing dialogue. And so a lot of people kind of check out here. And I would just encourage folks to really dig in and read because there's some really good insight right. that Bunyan wants to bring to the surface through their dialogue. There's some truths he's trying to get across through the dialogue and so it's uh, really interesting to see and yeah you're right they had different uh different uh mileposts in their journeys uh, and they're kind of comparing notes they're going the same direction uh, they're following the same lord um, they have the same enemy, yeah. But uh, they're they're encountered by different, um, like you said, different pitfalls, different struggles, and so they're they're comparing notes, which I think is a good thing for Christians to do, right? Right. To compare notes and uh, going back to the um, palace beautiful. You know, how yep. how's it going? How
0: are you doing? Kind of thing. And Not everybody's life is the same, you know. Like one Christian will have a struggle with this particular sin, another one won't. They might think, like Christian vain gloriously did, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a little bit better off than this person, but they've had a completely different struggle that this person hasn't dealt sure. with. So um, one of the interesting points is they, if you remember back, there was a man named Pliable they meet near the slew of Despond, and he's like, I'm not going in there, you know, like I'm going back. Mm-hmm. And Christian asks, you know, have you seen Pliable at the bottom of page 90? And Faithful's like, uh, yes, Christian, I heard he followed you till he came to the slough to spawn, spawn, whereas some said he fell in, but he would not be known to have done so. But I'm sure he was soundly bedabbled with that kind of dirt. And so he goes back, and Christian says, and what said the neighbors to him? He hath since his going back been greatly in derision, and that among all sorts of people. Some do mock and despise him, and scarce will any set on him on work. He is now seven times worse than if he had never gone out of the city.
1: Yes, interesting. Here, he, you know, faithful is referring to pliable, who represents a person who uh, professes, uh, you know, faith mm-hmm. in Christ, but they turn their back on Christ. They're not genuinely converted. It was just a mouth profession, not a heart possession. And oh, so that was good. That rhymed. It did. And so he he turned back from mm-hmm. uh, from from any kind of faith, and faithful points out he's basically a man without a country. Yeah. Like he doesn't have Christian fellowship the, or pagan fellowship or pagan fellowship. They're making fun of him. Like, you, you know, yeah, you, you know, you,
0: you weakling kind of thing. You couldn't, you couldn't. And I guess a better interpretation perhaps for us of pliable is impressionable. And this person is impressionable. When a preacher preaches to them, they need to believe mm-hmm. And whenever temptations beset them. They need to give in. It's just, there's no moral center. Now this person doesn't even have an identity. Yeah. They're, they're worse.
1: I had a good friend one time. He was talking about another person. He said, "If uh, if, if if he get, <laughs> he said if if he comes across a group of pirates, he'll become a pirate." Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what pliable's all about. Yeah,
0: pliable's all about that mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they talk about him a little bit, and um, what ends up happening is faithful on the top of page ninety two begins to recount his experience mm-hmm. and. Like we said, there are going to be different trials. And we're not going to go into them in detail. Mm. We're just going to kind of make a couple of notes. Mm. Um, after uh, the slew, faithful experiences wanton, mm. which is a type of sensual temptation. And even back in this ancient time, not ancient, pre-modern, mm. there was the, the same type of temptations towards that as there are now. We just may have better technology with it.
1: And but- the verse reference is Genesis 39, which... You know, when Potiphar's uh, wife yeah, tries, to, uh, seduce tries to seduce Joseph, right?
0: And so, even back then, um, the same temptations were confronting Christians. Mm-hmm. And whereas Christian doesn't deal with that, uh, faithful obviously had some type of struggle with this in his life, mm-hmm. but he um, he escapes and he and he basically says, "I just," you know, at the bottom of page ninety two, um, Christian says. Uh, Oh, he says Nay, I know not whether I did wholly escape her or no Why, I trow you did not consent to her desires? No, not to defile myself For I remembered an old writing that I had seen Which said, her steps take hold of hell So I shut mine eyes Because I would not be bewitched with her looks Then, and he just basically I went out my way He he runs away from right. temptation Which right. is very biblical Flee the desires of the flesh What Joseph did Right mm-hmm. And then uh, after that he says, I came to the foot of a hill called difficulty. I met a very aged man who asked whether I was going to the celestial city. And this man tries to get him to stay with him, marry his daughters. And he's like, I've got every good thing in my house, all the good desires of the world and uh, Christian sort faithful says, I, I thought about staying with him for a while, but w- what ends up happening?
1: Well, he f- figures out this man is Adam the First, and he dwelt in a town called Deceit. And uh, basically, what Adam the First is all about, going back to the fall in the mm-hmm. Garden of Eden, is giving in to the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life.
0: Right. And there's a parallel as Romans 4, where um, Paul talks about Adam. And Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, you're either in Christ or in Adam, right. and there's a headship in the human race where you're under one man or the other, right. the old man or the new man. Right. And so this represents that old manner of living. Right. And he even faithful even says, I, I, I almost thought about, right. you know, I, he says, why at first I found myself somewhat inclinable to go with the man. For I thought he he spoke, he spoke spake very fair, mm-hmm. but looking in his forehead, as I talked with him, I saw there written, put, put off the off old man, man with his deeds. Right. And uh, so he he basically realizes, I'm going to become a slave to sin if I go in this man's house. Mm-hmm. And so he, he goes away. And then <laughs> we were laughing about this earlier, talk, but who's the third person he meets? Moses, who
1: Moses. represents the law.
0: And what does Moses do to him?
1: Moses shows him what it's like if you want to live uh, strictly according to the law and try right. to achieve righteousness by the law, yeah, which if you no think one can do. By
0: my own works, I can achieve righteousness.
1: Yeah. And, and we all fall short of God's glory. We all we all fall short of keeping the law perfectly, and th- there's no mercy in the law. And so right. Moses begins to beat him, and um, faithful asks for mercy, and he's like, I can't show mercy. Well, he,
0: he says... So soon as the man overtook me, he was but a word and a blow for down. He knocked me and I laid for dead. Right, <laughs> right. Knocks him out with the Ten Commandments, right. I guess. Right. Um,
1: then Jesus comes along right. to help him.
0: Yeah. Right. So he, he he comes along at the end. He says, um, oh, I cried him mercy. but he said, I know not how to show mercy. Right. He knocked me down again. Um, but there was one who bid him forbear, and that was Christ. Christ tells him, wait. Right. Um, And so he gets saved by the Lord and he keeps going up the hill. And on page 96, he meets with discontent. And um, discontent's an interesting one because, uh, you know, we're getting kind of psychological in here with the workings of the soul. Mm -hmm. He said, "Um, who would willingly have persuaded me to go back again with him? His reason was for that the valley was altogether without honor. Mm. He told me moreover, that there to go was the way to disoblige all my friends as pride, arrogancy, self-conceit, worldly glory with others whom he knew, as he said, would be very much offended if I made such a fool of myself as to wade through this valley. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Christian's like, well, how would you get away from him? And he's like, I, I told him that although uh, all these named might claim a kindred of me and that rightly, they're my relations according to flesh, right. yet since I became a pilgrim, they've disowned me. Right. So he's like, I don't, I don't care anymore what right. these other things think of me. Right. Then there's a last one, and it's the one we're going to spend a little bit mm-hmm. time on, and it's shame. Right. Now, can can you kind of describe what his dealings with shame entailed?
1: Um, well, he said um, he, he calls him shame, and that was his name, but he says I think he bears the wrong name. The other top page ninety seven. The other would be said nay after a little argumentation and somewhat else. But this boldface shame would never have done what he say to you. And he goes on to talk. Faithful goes on to talk about what shame um, says to him. And basically, shame is um, he's he's uh, chastising faithful for Christian virtue. Right is what he's doing.
0: He's trying to say, you should be ashamed of yourself for being weak and not manly and not tough.
1: Yeah, he's insinuating that Christian virtues like, you know, forgiveness, kindness, gentleness, love, forgiveness, you know, those sorts of things are are weak. Right.
0: Now, Nietzsche, in his uh, philosophy in the late part of the 19th century, did the same thing. He said that Christianity was an effeminate moral system and made the European civilization weak. Mm-hmm. So this is something that didn't just happen hundreds of years ago with Bunyan, but Nietzschean philosophy is still very in vogue and used in a lot of um, a lot of the reasoning that goes behind um, psychological treatment, um, a lot of the reasoning behind media, a lot of you know, media portraying macho, action figure type guys who just machine gun their way out of problems Mm -hmm. is a very Nietzschean philosophy. We Mm -hmm. don't think about it that way Mm because it's Hollywood and it's made to eat popcorn too. Mm -hmm. But you know, that whole thing might makes right and virtue of killing Mm -hmm. your enemies and Mm -hmm. destroying them all is probably what shame's talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, you turn the other cheek, how are you going to, you know, drive off in the sunset with the girl and beat the bad guy? Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a very, I think, sharp, cut into American society that shame, even though it's by a different name, um, gives a Christian uh, a serious trial in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember uh, being in high school and getting made fun of because uh, as a Christian, I started trying to live different. People were like, oh, you're you're just a goody two shoes now. Mm -hmm. And and the amount of shame I would feel, and Mm -hmm. that's where shame gets the name from, um, at this until I kind of realized I don't need to be ashamed of this. Right. So, well,
1: and also, I think you know, men and women look at some of the the callings of Christianity or the the virtues of Christianity as some sort of um, weakness. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, you you hear people talk about forgiveness, and they'll say something like, "Well, I forgive, but I won't forget." Right. You know, Um, and or
0: fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame shame on me. me. what,
1: What they're saying is. Forgiveness in this biblical form, at its essence, is really weakness, and I'm, right. tr- I'm not interested in that.
0: Right. And it's and it's very difficult. Obviously, faithful has a hard time. On page ninety eight, mm-hmm. Christian asks, "What'd you say to him?" He says, I, "I could not tell what to say at first. He put me so to it that my blood came up in my face. Even this shame fetched it up, and it almost uh, just it, it like basically forced Christian or sorry forced faithful." to not have an answer to him. Mm -hmm. He just goes, I I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought again, "This shame tells me what men are, but he tells me nothing of what God or the word of God is. Mm. So he starts asking a different question. Shame wants you to find a reason to disobey God inside. Mm -hmm. And that's... It's strength, but also the problem, because we can't judge what's right or wrong by inside. The Bible says the heart's deceitful. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't tell you why it's right to turn the other cheek. I can't tell you why it's right to forgive my enemies, Mm -hmm. you know, 70 times, seven times. Only the Word of God can tell me that. I have to take it by faith because it doesn't make sense in my value system. Right. It doesn't make sense in our cultural reference points. Right. And that's what he's saying is like, this this guy said a lot of good stuff, but I just realized he wasn't telling me about God. Mm Mm-hmm. He wasn't telling me about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so he keeps on and he goes, uh, at the day of doom, we shall not be doomed to death or life according to the hectoring spirits of the world, but according to the wisdom and law of the highest.
1: And he makes the key statement there, the next sentence, therefore thought I, what God says is best, is best though all the men in the world are against it. So he's like, you know, Shane's got his perspective, his philosophy, his worldview. But it goes against what God says. So I'm yeah. going to stick with what God says, even if even if it causes shame to think I'm, uh, you know, a weakling or not a real man, not a real, not a real woman, mm-hmm. right.
0: not living a full life, not right. enjoying right. Uh, all the freedoms you have. Right. And that's the thing is shame. Shame will make you feel certain things until you look to the Word of God and say, "I have to let this be my yeah. my fixed north." Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he ends up um, shaking off shame, and he begins to sing, like Christian, the trials that those men do meet with all that are obedient to the heavenly call are manifold and suited to the flesh, and come and come and come again afresh. But now, or that now, or sometime else, we may by them may be overtaken, overcome, and cast away. Oh, let the pilgrims, let the pilgrims then be vigilant and quit themselves like men. Hmm. So... He kind of reroutes his braveness not in what shame tells him to do, Mm but in God tells him to do. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, fascinating.
0: So after uh, this, they they kind of quit talking about um, Faithful's journey, Mm -hmm. and a person meets him along the way. Right. Who's that person?
1: Talkative. Talkative. This part is really—I really think Bunyan is— he's he's um he's i think Bun, bunyan has got a sense of humor yeah and he's dealing with a real issue here but it's funny the right. way, the way he he describes um talkative and as as he describes talkative and more it gets more serious when you see right you know where he falls short but it, it is funny to see how talkative comes up and begins to engage well
0: we won't dwell on it too long just because talkative is very talkative right. and that's one thing when you when you begin to read talkative you have to stop and go what does he What's he saying? Mm-hmm. Because he's not really saying anything. He's right. saying a lot about what was said, but mm-hmm. there's not much new information in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so talkative will say will say stuff like, um that's. That's it, that I said, for to talk of such things is most profitable, for by so doing a man may get knowledge of many things, as of the vanity of earthly things, and the benefit of things above, thus in general, but more particularly, by this a man may learn the necessity of the new birth. And he's using a bunch of Christian buzzwords, Mm -hmm. he's not really saying much. And he's also saying, not me, but a man, a man might do this, a man Mm -hmm. might do this. So at first, uh, like, faithful really likes talkative. Right. And then Christian actually goes up, and what does Christian tell him?
1: Well, Faithful even says on page 103, what a brave companion we have we got. Like, this guy's talking the talk. This guy's on
0: fire. Yeah,
1: yeah. And to me, talkative represents, you know, I'm not sure exactly what Bunyan was thinking in terms of people he'd come across. But when I think about talkative in my own life, there's times I come across people that, that talk in a very super spiritual way way um, and their life just doesn't back it up right. and that's what Christian um, wants to wants to uh, point out um, he in fact he says this man with whom you are so taken will beguile with his tongue of his 20 of them uh, that know him not and uh, and then faithful says do you know him and and he begins to describe how talkative um, talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk right he it says over it on page 104. He talketh of the prayer, of repentance, of faith, and of the new birth, but he knows but only to talk of them. Right. <laughs> so that's talkative's issue. He talks about spiritual things, but he hasn't experienced.
0: So talkative one. is kind of like Christian Splenda. It's kind of sweet, <laughs> but Christian Splenda. It's not real sugar. <laughs> yeah. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something's a little off. You know. <laughs> I see that coming. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm. Yeah. Christian Splenda. That's your <laughs> next sermon. Christian title. Splenda. That's Christian right. Splenda. So. Um, they Christian and Faithful spend like three or four pages basically saying, and he says, Thus say the common people that know him, a saint abroad and a devil at home. Yeah,
1: and Faithful gets it because at the bottom of page 105 he says, Well, I see that saying and doing are two things. Hereafter I shall better observe this distinction. Yeah. There's a difference between saying and doing and uh, talking the talk and walking the walk and talkative, talk the talk, he did not walk the walk. And Christian had the... Discernment to see that and right. to explain that to faithful. And so they see Talkative for who he um, truly is.
0: And so then on page uh, 107, Faithful goes over and he's going to like get to the bottom of Talkative, you yeah, know? Yeah. So he starts talking to him and they, they start having some good conversation. The top of page 107, um, he says well if you will we'll fall into we'll fall to it now and since you left it with me to state the question let it be this how doth the saving grace of god discover itself when it is in the heart of man mm. So talkative starts off with a really good textbook answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I perceive then that our talk must be about the power of things. Well, it is a very good question. And I shall be willing to answer you and to take my answer in brief thus. First, where the grace of God is in the heart, it causeth there a great outcry against sin. Mm-hmm. Second, and then he's interrupted. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does faithful say to him?
1: Well, pa- you no, page uh,
0: 107.
1: Yeah, he says, um... He says, nay, let, let us consider of one at once. I think you should rather say it shows itself by inclining the soul to abhor its sin. So he says, that's not, you didn't give me the right yeah, answer. You didn't give the right, right. answer.
0: It's right. not outcry against, right. it's hatred. Right. And so he's like, there's no difference. Right. And so faithful goes, there is a difference. Right. One, you know, anybody can hate the effects of sin. Mm-hmm. Anybody can, oh, I feel very sorry that I got caught. Mm-hmm. But a Christian hates the nature of it. Right. Um, and so... At this point, talkative begins to be defensive, right? And and that's I guess the thing is is when a person is like talkative, they can talk a great deal about the Bible and about the Lord and about faith. Mm-hmm. But when you start asking them about their own experience with it or why did you do this, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's not fun anymore, right?
1: Right. And so I've actually seen people that are you know, that use spiritual language, and you ask them about their testimony,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they even get a little offended. Like, why right. are you asking me that? And that you know they don't they don't want to go into that because they don't have a personal testimony, right?
0: And so faithful starts saying you have to do these things, not just know them. Mm-hmm. And talkative's mad; mm-hmm. he keeps basically saying uh, on page one hundred nine, "This is not for edification." Right, right. And so uh, he and eventually faithful goes you another question. He's like, "We won't agree." Right. Like he's done. Right. And so at the end of all this, uh, at the bottom page one ten, talkative says, "Nay." My part is not now to object, but to hear. And let me therefore have your second question. Faithful goes, it is this, do you experience this first part of this description of it? Does your life and conversation testify the same or standeth your religion in word or tongue and not indeed in truth? So he's like, I'm asking you, do you really do this and not just talk about it? Then talkative at first began to blush, but recovering himself, he replied, You come now to experience, to conscience and God, and to appealing. You appeal to him for justification of what is spoken. This kind of discourse I did not expect, <laughs> nor am I disposed to give an answer to such questions, because I count not myself bound thereto, unless you take upon to be a catechizer. Like, right. basically, right. are you my pastor?
1: Yeah, I don't have to answer you.
0: Yeah, you're not my pastor.
1: He's almost saying there, my faith is private. Like, right. I don't have to answer to you.
0: That's between me and God. Yeah, right. So basically, what uh, you hear in our culture today, it, it, page one twelve, um, talkative departs. Yeah, he he won't walk with them anymore. And Christian's like, I told you what would happen.
1: Right.
0: So <laughs> your words and his lust could not agree. Right. So at this point, uh, he departs them, and Christian's like, Man, you did a great job, you know, um, getting to the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they keep going on talking, and so this section kind of ends without a big conflict. But they catch back up from the city of destruction. Mm-hmm. They meet Talkative, and they get rid of him pretty soon.
1: Right. And what, and what is established, which is going to be important for Vanity Fair next week, is is established that Christian faithful are both committed, faithful mm-hmm. followers of Jesus who are trying to to live uh, a life that glorifies the Lord. And that's going to matter when they come to Vanity Fair in the midst of that worldliness. And they're... Their, um, their Christian virtue comes at odds with the culture. And and we'll see that next week.
0: Because the talk is pretty cheap at that point, isn't it? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for tuning in. And uh, like I said, we'll be from page 114 to page 130, uh, right in the middle of Vanity Fair at our next session. So if you want to read ahead, uh, go ahead and we will see you there. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you and God bless.